Hello and welcome to Purified, your monthly dose of organic compound purification. If you're new, welcome. If you're not, welcome back. This is episode two. I'm your host, Zoltan from Rotochrome. Rotochrome is the inventor of industrial scale centrifugal partition chromatography. In our show, we talk about different concepts, methods, and platforms to purify organic compounds. As our podcast follows the content of Rotochrome's webinars, it's always good if you watch the corresponding webinar before listening to the podcast show. But we're not gonna check your browser history, don't worry. If you're not following us yet on all of our social media channels, please do so now. This we will check for sure. But seriously, you wouldn't wanna miss our new product announcements or webinars, right? Search for Rotochrome and hit subscribe or follow and smash that like button. Again, we'll spend as much time here as a CPC run with our guests. So get ready to purify and learn something new in as little as 20 minutes. With that being said, let's roll today's episode. Today, our guest is Andras Gaspar, PhD, Product and Patent Manager and Scientific Advisor at Rotochrome. Andras has held a webinar last week about the technology and investment considerations for industrial scale purification. If you missed this webinar and would like to listen to it, you can always visit webinar.rotochrome.com and download it for yourself. Andras, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us today. Let's start by introducing yourself so that our listeners would get to know you a little bit. Hi everyone, this is Andras again. Uh, probably you see in me, you seen my presentation last week. Um, Andras Gaspar and I joined Rotochrome uh, uh, last year. And since then I'm responsible for the product and patent management um, duties at Rotochrome and looking forward for your questions now. Wonderful, thank you for the short introduction. Um, I would like to start by talking about the historical overview that you provided about the development of CPC. Um, let's not go through the whole thing again, uh, because that was, that was well presented at, at, uh, during the webinar, but I would really love to dive a little deeper into the importance of the different routes that different companies took. And how do you see the development of, uh, of the different uh, routes in the future? Well, the, the first and, uh, and foremost um, reason why I, I presented that part of history, because um, from many, many customer discussions, we received uh, that sorts of impression that uh, CPC or, or liquid-liquid uh, chromatography is somewhat new, somewhat groundbreaking and emerging technology as is, and uh, the traditional flash or preparative HPLC chromatography is the traditional one. Where well, on the first and um, first hand, I wanted to show that in that uh, sorts of overview, that is it is at least as old or even older as you have seen than the modern day um, high pressure liquid chromatography. And the other important message that uh, that we had there, apart from the, the real question that you were asking, is that there is also a Hungarian heritage or or legacy behind that that. Um, purification or chromatography itself um, and the Hungarian um, um, invention and the Hungarian uh, sorts of uh, wit is, is somewhat that is uh, all over the place and all over in this chromatographic um, um, territory. 
But um, back to your original question, the, there is uh, when um, in 1940s they they came up with uh, with the um, um, theory and the background of uh, of um, partition chromatography or liquid liquid chromatography. Um, they started to invent and evolve and try to, to solve those issues that uh, that the theory uh, provided, and they tried to, to uh, try to came up with solutions that that could be could be industrialized. So, uh, of course, that sorts of industrial scale purification was always about uh, the question was always about mass. So, how much throughput you can put, and then all those preparative questions that you had need to be. Um, uh, solved and addressed, and uh, and that's that was the main and the key goal in that sorts of timeline uh, over the decades. And the key drive uh, was in was always in in the back of the inventors' head that they needed to scale up, they needed to automatize uh, uh, that sorts of processes, and and this is how they came up um, those um, um, gravitational force to introduce gravitational force to to that sorts of game because. Um, when when you force uh, a liquid through another liquid, uh, there's a lot of factors that you need to consider. And then if you don't add any additional additional um, gravitational force, then it would take you ages. That's a sort of separation and the volume, a massive uh, volume and a sheer volume of that, um, that instrument would be mind blowing. So <clears throat> I guess that was um, that was something something uh, Really unexpected and and really something groundbreaking when uh, when uh, Mr. Ito actually introduced the gravitational force and then from there um, there are two main direction in the in that sorts of chromatography is the hydrodynamic and the hydrostatic um, way and uh, Mr. Ito went in a in a hydrodynamic way when both uh, phases are actually moving along your column uh, and um the cpc what rotachrome presents today in that industrial scale is on the hydrostatic um, uh, development path so to speak which means that you take the rotational force and immobilize one of your uh, uh, liquid phase and you force through that uh, that mobile phase of yours through that immobilized uh, um, uh, liquid stationary phase so that's that's the two major directives in in this evolution, and of course, um, as I presented uh, last time, that there are many many question marks and uh, and difficulties along this um, this evolution, which uh, which also ended and resulted in a way that many companies tried and failed, and that's probably one of the key message uh, since we try to emphasize or or uh, um, or advantage on this on this market that that uh, the major through uh, breakthrough of um, of rotachrome was that uh, that they were able to overcome that that uh, technical boundaries that uh, that other companies faced with that time or major uh, competitors had the very same issue if you don't mind me so, interrupting here, tell tell me a little bit more about that. Can you can you explain what exactly is the is it yeah, the sure. cell design? Is it is it the the rotor itself? What what exactly is the is the competitive advantage that sets Rotochrome apart from, yes. from from the rest of the field? Yes. Yeah, so the 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 particular uh, planar cell design that Sunkey Engineering Company came up with 
was was really a nifty idea uh, for many many aspects. But at that time, they were actually not facing uh, that imminent challenge that they need to have like tons of tons of material input material purified per per year or even per month. So that planner um, disk concept that they had had a really let's say nice resolution. So they were able to separate. Uh, on a gram level, many different components um, in the same run. But um, since your pressure drop uh, over the entire system was signific significant, you end up with a system that could be scaled up to a certain volume. And then you, then you just simply reach a point where your pressure drop, basically your working pressure, was so immense uh, several hundred bars that that the system and the ceiling and the joints were not able to keep up with. So, so basically, concept... so basically, what you're saying here is that there is a hard stop in in scaling up. Uh, well, that... it's not it's not something like a digital zero and one, but it's somewhere there is a threshold where simply with that solution you are not able to push further the boundaries of that design, and that's why not not surprisingly. Uh, those companies in French started to um, have a different aspect and view and started to design and, and moving out from this 2D planner uh, cell design into 3D. So they, they started to introduce radial um, designs, which means that they were able to compensate and have a better um, uh, flow um, economic in that uh, cell design. So we're able to reduce the pressure. Unfortunately, that design what those French companies worked on, it's it's patented, it's there, and you can read it, it's really nice in theory, but they were not really able to commercialize, which means that they had several technical um, issues uh, during the commercialization, which which basically hindered them to to really serialize that idea. Uh, and that uh, was the time when, uh, when actually Rotochrome also came with an idea and then took a completely different approach and came up with a with a cell design that was that was able to compensate and um, and deliver a much lower pressure gradient uh, or, uh, across the the rotor, which actually gave you a really clear advantage uh, in a scale up uh, sort of race. Got it. Okay, so I understand then. Then uh, some manufacturers have taken a route which uh, which is limiting them because of their cell design. I get that Rotochrome has a different cell design that enables them to manufacture machines or a platform which which uh, is is able to purify way bigger capacities and loads. Um, but what is the limit? Is there a limit or can, can Rotochrome's design just, uh, you know, 10x, 100x in the future? Can we, can we uh, see that on your roadmap? Well, it's definitely something that we're thinking about. So as, um, as I had in my presentation that we have, um, we have more and more inquiries on, on massive amounts. So, so really high intense throughputs that, that we haven't seen before. And, this from a capex perspective of course it doesn't really make sense to to have like a complete fleet of um, of cpcs for a huge buck for for autochrome would be really nice but of course we have to have some sense uh, for our customers so so in that sense uh, it does make a really commercial sense and and strategic uh, idea to to thinking about uh, 
um, increasing even volume or, or capacity. So the beauty of this of this design, this patented design, that that we had a finite element analysis on that, uh, the, the the droplet distribution and the way how we connecting interconnecting those uh, those tubular cell designs and 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 actually we have not explored yet where is the where is the the threshold where is the limit the upper limit of that volume we we already made some um, some uh, um, preliminary tests and and we already have a prototype where where we were able to to increase the volume of that uh, large uh, large uh, instrument that we had like four four folds so instead of what we have now is um, at least two to four times uh, higher in volume uh, since we didn't really had in the past demand and we were focusing on on rather on the theoretical number plate and resolution uh, we were rather focusing on the on the smaller machines because that would fit that time the the demand but sure definitely this is this is a clear trend what that we've seen on this especially in the hemp market uh, which which would make sense to to develop a, a rotor with much higher cell volume that would uh, have you a much higher the load capacity of course mm. yes it's 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 fascinating to to think about the future this way right uh, i mean yes, definitely if if, if 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 it could be 10 times or you know 100 times bigger like like yeah imagine imagine the uh, that that future <laughs> Yeah. So, and another another that I, another interesting uh, point that I uh, that I had in my presentation as well that the, the, the almost it's like linear scalability. So the the properties that we have the separation properties that we have between the RCPC and the ICPC, so the two liter and the twenty two liter system is almost linear. So whatever um, um, properties we have uh, separation properties we have it's it's uh, on the small one it's one to one applicable on the large one it's oh. it's really a tiny tweak uh, uh, it's not nothing to compare to the traditional hpsc system where you need to really fight for a scale up so it's um, it's not that straightforward in, awesome. in that word um, speaking about you know scaling up you know, takes me a little bit more to the customer side and, you know, to look, look at the applications of, of, uh, of the chromatography uh, platform of yours. Um, you know, we were, we were a little bit lost in technical details here, and I hope that, you know, this is interesting um, to you, our listeners as well. Um, but some of us are not so technical and, you know, don't know that much about the, uh, the science of separation. So, uh, what I would also like to discuss today, and you know, you mentioned on your webinar, you showed four case studies, but I would really love to understand your approach to working with customers. So, you know, not not from an engineering perspective, mm -hmm. obviously, yeah, sure. you know, you're you're more on the chemical and 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 on the scientific side. So, you know, if I come to you. Um, let's say from a new vertical, a new industry that that you haven't served in the in the in the future. Like how do how does it look like? Who do I work with? Who's on your team? You know how can you support me? And you know how how do I get to having a machine? What are the steps uh, that I would go through? Where I, I what I really like about Rotachrome and and when I joined this was for me it's really a a, a positive uh, a positive source of situation to land in that. Uh, that it's really multidisciplinary. The team here from engineer, technicians, chemists, um, scientists, uh, um, you know, it's like, it's like an, a, a nice, really neat mixture of, uh, of uh, capabilities and, and understanding. Uh, 
of course, we have also on the sales side where where people rather understanding and economics. Sometimes you you really have that um, have that idea that chemists or engineers they don't really care about the economic uh, economical part or economics because well they want to have everything perfect but of course the customer is interested in opex capex and and the, the cost of the ownership so so when the customer approaches us independently now on it's a hemp, hemp industry or any other industry that we have <clears throat> we have several uh, scientists on on um, on our on, at our disposal that's in our team that they would first they try to understand what's the task what's the uh, what are these um, what are these um, issues that uh, the customer currently face face with it's is there any any challenge or is there any current technology that they're using purification method is it is it purification or if it's like isolation or what is the main target is there several revenue stream or or do they need what i really like to use this word orthogonality you know like you have you have uh, really high end resolution and 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 or you just really after throughput so when we consider all of these questions we have tons of questions to the, the customer to be and we have uh, well let's say the generic approach is that we have a nice conversation with the customer to be and then we prepare ourselves we we uh, go back and discuss internally and then preparing something that is tailor made tailor made to to that uh, customer uh, questionnaire and then we when we presenting this uh, then comes up another ton another God knows how many questions, and and then then slowly, slowly we are just splitting those questions, and and uh, then this multidisciplinary team is is answering them accordingly, and then the, and the sales executive or the or the key account manager is is um, is controlling that it's really in a timely manner is is answered and and got back to the customer, and then it's, it's really something that we we understood and we did not really follow that sorts of playbook. Uh, approach where you have a, a defined uh, Q&A and then you just simply go after it. It's, it's like continuous adapting. So mm. we keep keep changing our schedule around the customer because every customer has a different. You've seen that uh, case studies is uh, there are no two uh, customer requests. It's uh, it's always something new. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of the case studies. Up to the challenge. Yes. Thank you. Uh, speaking of the case studies, actually, I, I wanted to ask, and then, you know, uh, the CPC runs are so short that actually we need to hurry up with, with, with this podcast because we're going to be out of time. You know, the machine, it will still, will, will very soon stop. And then, you know, we're, we're doomed. We're, we're out of time. So <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I really want to ask about those case studies because uh, one, one specific question that you mentioned, which, which really caught my attention. And, you know, if you could dive a little bit deeper into that, uh, so you were speaking about decreasing the initial capex requirements by focusing on mother liquor, and I really would love to understand this a little bit deeper. So if you could, you know, give me uh, the situational background, you know, of like what happened, and and how 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 was the 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 capex uh, decrease the or initial capex uh, investment decrease uh, achieved. Well, for us, it was not from the beginning really straightforward that this is the answer, the ultimate answer for those significant investment issues. But we had 
in contact with several customers where they from the CBD isolation, mainly crystallization, they had a lot of um, mother liquor as, as leftover, as, as waste, because it's it's uh, the THC content is rather high in those. It's even considered to be um, um, hazardous waste that needs to be disposed for a certain sum of money. And then we started to uh, to investigate that <clears throat> that uh, mother liquor, which has actually a nice increased uh, minor content as well. So for us, since we are able to really apply CPC basically for all of these uh, questions, well, we started to fiddle with that and create creating a really nice method to to adapt um, mother liquor. And then came the idea basically right after this that well, you know, it's, we can use this idea when a customer having really nice distillate, so there's no more refinement on the input material to reduce the load. load. But let's say that we swap uh, and introduce an additional crystallization step, which they previously didn't intend. But uh, let's put in there and suddenly you're re significantly reducing the load requirement on your instrument, which would mean also that you don't really need that huge farm of... Uh, of CPCs because um, as I showed in this uh, presentation as well, basically you you split it into, yeah, you're reducing like 50% of your load requirement. So that's that's the idea behind it, um, yes. Thank you, Andras, for that uh, very detailed explanation. I, I think I have a better view now, a much better view actually. Um, finally, um, is there anything else important and related to CPC and, and purification in general that I haven't asked, you know, that, that you feel that you couldn't really cover in that, in that detail in the webinar and the, you, you'd like to share? Well, it's definitely one point that, uh, that I got in many, many uh, client discussions that uh, over this period since I joined Rotachrome is, is that... Although it's uh, it's something not young, uh, this uh, this liquid liquid chromatography as I showed you in this uh, webinar, but people still even with a vast background in chromatographic separation or or industrial downstream purification, they are not really familiar with that. And then of course, if you are not familiar with a technique that even has uh, superior opex um, properties, you just simply try to be a little bit reserved uh, towards that technology. And this is what, uh, in this client discussion, we overcome uh, per time and showing a lot of uh, efforts that we put, uh, case studies and previous uh, client solutions that, that I guess this is something that uh, we need to work on, on uh, relatively hard that, um, that have this CPC out there showing that it's, it's, it's a true alternative and it's um, sometimes or even most of the cases, it's a, it's, a, it's a number one solution to pick over other traditional methods like flash. And this is, uh, this is basically something that we need to um, emphasize a bit more that it's, it's not something tricky, not something coming new up and not emerging. It's, it's, uh, it's an old and trusted technology and, and yes, somewhat less um, pronounced uh, nowadays. But we're working on that. Shoot, our time is up. A purification run has just completed, so it's time for us to wrap up for today. Thank you once again, Andrash, for coming on to Purified. Yes, thank you, Zoltan. And uh, don't forget to watch our next webinars that are coming up. Oh, I was just about to say that. So our next show 
on Purified will follow the third webinar, uh, which will again have a prominent speaker in the person of Andras Gaspar, PhD, uh, <laughs> our guest surprise. for today. Um, so you will compare CPC with legacy chromatography in the next uh, webinar, which I find very fascinating and interesting and can't wait for that. So you can sign up for the webinar at bit.ly forward slash rotochrome webinar. So that's bit.ly forward slash rotochrome webinar in one word. And of course, don't forget to listen to Purified afterwards. I hope you had a good time. We'll catch you on the next one. Mm -hmm.